Let's turn to Genesis chapter 8. I don't know if anybody wants any paper. I fixed it up at reception. I don't know that I need this microphone. But... Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 8. We're going to talk about the seed and harvest principle. The seed and harvest principle. And that's really the foundation of all blessing and increase. That's really the foundation of what, of these testimonies that we're hearing. It's all started as a seed and really the seed of God's word. The seed of God's word. And then uh, our own natural sowing uh, and reaping as well. Uh, when it comes to sowing and reaping, even in our circles, Word of Faith circles, we've had a lot of teaching on the sowing aspect, but not a whole lot of teaching on the harvesting aspect. Um, so we do believe strongly in sowing and reaping. Uh, we believe that God is a good God. He wants us blessed. He wants our needs met. Amen. And we're hearing these testimonies on a regular basis. Hallelujah. He richly gives us all things to enjoy. Um, and most of us here would uh, say that since we began to hear the word uh, and faith began to rise in our hearts, that our lives have improved and increased in every area. Every area. Uh, but I don't think we've reached the point yet where we've <laughs> reaped all that there is to reap. Amen. I think we're just we're just kind of getting started, actually, in a way. But praise God, we're not where we used to be. Amen. I am definitely not where I used to be. I may not be totally where I want to be yet, but I have left, and I'm sure not where I used to be. Hallelujah. So let's say this together. Lord, show me. Lord, show me. Teach me, Teach me. How, to how to harvest your blessings, your blessings. in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest shall not, uh, shall not cease. Uh, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Amen. So this is after the flood of Noah. The earth has been... Uh, it has experienced a deluge of water, not only from above, but also from underneath. And uh, nothing appeared above this water for 40 days. And Noah and his family come out of the ark knowing that they are the only people alive on the earth. And God comforts them with a rainbow uh, to uh, signify that he will never destroy the earth again with water. The next time um, the earth is destroyed is going to be by fire. So uh, if someone asks you, do you believe in global warming, say, no, I believe in global meltdown. Amen. Because <laughs> this whole earth is going to melt. God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. Hallelujah. So God comforts 
Noah with these words in verse 22. He says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So um, all of these experts that are telling us, uh, you know, that man is causing uh, all these problems in the environment and that, um, uh, that, that eventually we'll have no cold weather and all this, uh, uh, the earth's heating up and all. Well, that's, from a, even the scientific point of view, that's not true. Yes. But the word tells us as long as this earth remains, there's going to be summer and winter. There's going to be right, uh, uh, heat and cold. There's going to be day and night. And there's going to be seed time and harvest. Amen. So, so forget the so-called experts. The New Living Translation says, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Uh, God's Word translation says, As long as the earth exists, planting and harvesting, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never stop. The easy-to-read version says, As long as the earth continues, there will always be a time for planting and a time for harvest. There will always be cold and hot, summer and winter, day and night, on earth. So this is an all-inclusive principle. As long as the earth remains, the principle of seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping is going to remain. Now there are entire denominations who mock us and criticize us uh, because we talk about sowing and reaping and we talk about sowing and reaping during offering times and other times. Uh, but, you know, there was a time when um, most of the people in the world believed that the world was, the earth was flat. And they mocked and they criticized all the people who believed that the earth was round. <laughs> you know, the people that believed it was round were in the minority. And the people that believed it was flat was in the majority. So, uh, the people who, who criticize and mock us because we believe in seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping in the natural and in the spirit, uh, you know, there's so much in the Bible that talks about it, you, you just have to be blind not to see it. Uh, everything on this planet uh, that has any life in it operates on this principle. We're, we're here because of seed. We're here because of human seed. Uh, every animal, every plant uh, is produced and reproduces by this principle of seed and harvest. Uh, a hundred foot oak tree began as an acre. Yes. Uh, I saw the other day there's a there's an oak tree on the estate of Blenheim Palace that's over a thousand years old. It was here at the time of, is it William the Conqueror? Mm, yes. Yeah. They think it was probably a small sapling at the time of William the Conqueror. So, um, so everything in the earth operates by this principle. And this principle is going to continue to operate as long as the earth exists. Uh, this this uh, principle also says that everything reproduces after its own kind. And, and you see that in the creation uh, over in Genesis 1. God said, 
let this produce after its own kind and so forth. So everything reproduces after its own kind. You don't plant strawberries and get cucumbers. You don't have fish turning into birds. Um, you don't have humans becoming an animal or, uh, or vice versa. So we exist because God created us and the seed that had us in it. Jesus said in Mark 4, the whole kingdom of God operates on this principle. In verse 26, he said, So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise day and night. The seed should spring up and grow. He knoweth not how. And he went on to say, If you understand this parable, you can understand all the parables because the entire kingdom of God operates on this principle. So not only is there physical seed that reproduces, there's spiritual seed. God sent his son Jesus and he planted him in the earth and he, he died. Uh, Jesus is the seed. He said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So Jesus was the word made flesh. God planted him in this earth and he died and the devil thought, I got it. You know, I finally got rid of this guy. Uh, he's been a thorn in my side. I, I dreaded it. I knew he was coming for thousands of years. Uh, he's my worst nightmare and, and the devil thought he had him. But in Hebrews chapter 1, we see God spoke words to Jesus in the pit of hell, and he raised him from the dead, and Jesus became the firstborn among many brethren. So from the one seed, Jesus, now there are millions of born-again believers on the earth. So there's also spiritual, spiritual seed. Every good thing that has happened to you is the result of putting the seed of God's word on the inside of you. And it changed the way you think. It changed the way you talk. Um, it changed your physical body. It will change your bank account. Uh, it will produce wonderful and amazing things in your life. And so that is the foundation. That's why we so major and emphasize the word of God because that's that's the seed to, to all blessing the whole kingdom of God naturally and spiritually now let's turn over to Genesis uh, sorry Galatians 6 Galatians 6, 7 and 8. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Many times this scripture is used on the negative side. You know, people will say, you're going to reap what you're sowing, you know. So they, they often point to this scripture to point out the negative side of sowing and reaping, but very little attention is given to the positive side of sowing and reaping. Now, 
For those who have sown bad things in their life, then this is not the greatest scripture they want to hear. But for those of us who have been sowing the word, you know, been faithful, sowing our finances, and, and just generally been faithful in sowing and reaping over a period of time, this is great news. This is great news for us. Amen. We're saying glory to God. Amen. Because uh, we, those of us, we've been doing what we're supposed to do, saying what we're supposed to say. Uh, when he says, whatsoever, uh, anything, whatsoever a man soweth, that, and one tra translation says, that and that only will he reap. So we say glory to God because we've been sowing and reaping good things. Amen? So we don't get weary or tired of doing the right thing and saying the right things. Many people are not reaping because uh, they don't sow or they do sow and they don't expect to reap. Unfortunately, a lot of churches do not teach people to expect to reap when they sow. Uh, then you have the reverse, those who are uh, expecting to reap and they never sow. <laughs> you know, they say, well, when my ship comes in, I'm going to do so-and-so when they didn't send a ship out, you know. <laughs> so um, then there are those who are not doing anything. They're just waiting till they get to heaven and their ship comes in and they're just trudging along here in the earth. So... Um, it's all really a part of being taught the word and being taught scripturally. So for those who do believe in the principle of seed time and harvest, the most common reason uh, for not reaping is found here in verse 8. They grow weary and they faint. This is often a, a, um, where... Uh, a lot of people miss it. A lot of people give up. They think, well, I should have had it by now. This should have happened by now. I've waited long enough. If God was going to do it, he would have already done it. But, you know, uh, we saw there in Genesis 8, it says seed time and harvest. That means seed, time, and harvest. You know, so there is a period of time between the seed and the harvest. And it's during that time that, uh, you know, the devil can be, begin to discourage people uh, and, and they begin to just uh, get weak. They, they let go of the word. Uh, and, you know, Jesus, um, uh, well, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but he referred to in Mark 4 there about uh, the four different types of soil. Uh, you know, uh, there's only one that reaped a harvest. And the other ones let go for whatever reason. Uh, they gave up. It says, in due season. In due season. And this is almost always later than our flesh wants it to be. Amen. <laughs> this is what our flesh doesn't want to hear because we live in a drive-through microwave, uh, texting, messaging, you know, uh, click, click society and uh, and and all if you think about it all the technology is aimed at reducing our waiting time isn't it so so uh, that's that's not helpful when it comes to spiritual things so we have to not bring those that worldly um, kind of 
mentality over into spiritual things uh, and not, not apply this to spiritual things. Uh, we won't turn there, but you, you can write down Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Basically, that's what Galatians 6, 8 is saying. Galatians 6, 8 is kind of the New Testament version of that. Uh, not growing weary, not fainting, uh, in order to reap what we've sown. So in order to reap the benefits of serving the Lord, seeing the results, we have to put our flesh under and not be in a rush and not be in a hurry and, and uh, exercise the force of endurance, really. The King James calls it patience, but really endurance is a better translation. Uh, so we all have experience in that. <laughs> uh, and that's one of the things that we, we teach, and we teach people how to have endurance. It's really a matter of just outlasting the devil, really, you know. But, but you cannot do that in your own strength. If you don't have the Word of God in your heart, he's somewhere down the line he's going to talk you out of it, or you're just going to faint. Or, or a lot of people say, well, it wasn't God's will for me to have it. Now, that's a bunch of hogwash. That's a bunch of hogwash. Um, so, Proverbs 10.4. Uh, let's turn over to that one. Proverbs 10, verse 4. Says, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Now, if it's not... God's will for some to be rich, that it's not God's will for some to be diligent. Amen? You, you would have to come to that conclusion here. If, if people are just going to read this and say, see there, um, you know, the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Well, if it's not God's will for everybody to be rich, it's not God's will for everybody to be diligent. Of course it's God's will for everybody to be diligent. Amen? So you can't just split that verse up. Uh, according to this verse, diligence moves you toward being rich in every way, naturally, spiritually, in, in, in every realm. Verse 5, he that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a, a son that causeth shame. The uh, New Century Version says, a lazy person will end up poor, but a hard worker will become rich. Those who gather crops on time are wise, but those who sleep through the harvest are a disgrace. So can somebody just sit at home on the sofa, make good confessions, and expect to be blessed? Just, just doing that. You know, well, I believe the Bible. I'm just going to sit at home and make confessions. No, in the natural realm, uh, you know, let's put it like this. Can a farmer sit on the porch, uh, plant some, you know, plant his crops out there and just go sit on the porch and when, when the harvest time comes, he's, he says, well, you know, God will provide. You know, these crops will just find their way into the barn. No. 
He, ha he has to do something. He has to do something. The farmer has to do, do something. And even, uh, um, that was Proverbs 10, 4, and 5. Yeah, Proverbs 10, 4, and 5 was the last one. But even in word of faith circles, uh, you know, and I was, I was this way for a long time till I began to hear the word and be taught differently, but we just assumed that if we just, you know, just keep giving offerings and tithing, that um, it's just automatic, kind of. These things just automatically come to us, but we do have a part in harvesting, uh, in, in uh, being in the right place at the right time, and being led by the Holy Spirit. I think that's a real important one. You cannot separate walking by faith from being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, so sowing and watering your seed, confessing the promises of God, are absolutely two very powerful principles of increase. But they're not all. They're not everything. Um, most church-going people do not even believe in prosperity as the Bible teaches it. And that's the way we teach it. We teach Bible prosperity. Uh, on the other hand, because the majority of teaching that we have had concentrates mostly on the sowing part, we've kind of been left with the idea that everything else is up to God yeah. and that reaping is just automatic. Uh, and I, I was that way, you know, for many years till I began to be taught properly and, and um, you know, over there in... Uh, Mark 4, Jesus went on in that parable, and he said, um, the farmer puts in the sickle. You know, God, God uh, causes it to grow. He goes, the farmer goes to bed, sleeps day and night. He, he, the seed, the crop grows up. He knows not how. And then it says he puts in the sickle. Well, he had to plant it. God's part was to cause it to grow and multiply. But he had to reap it. He had to put the sickle in. So, you know, we just haven't been taught properly. Um, when it's harvest time in the natural, that's when the farmer gets the tractor out and he makes sure the tires are aired up and the oil's been changed and, you know, every, all the equipment's working and, and ready to go because he has to physically get out there uh, and, and reap that harvest, or he's got to hire somebody else to do it if, he's, if he doesn't physically do it himself. So there's a window of time where that, and probably right about now, is that window when a lot of farmers are out. You see a lot of tractors on the road, and they're trying to get these crops in before it rains or, or uh, you know, the weather changes and so forth. So we have to conclude that reaping uh, is not automatic. Uh, you know, it's not true in the natural. You have to have rain at the proper time. You have to get the pesticide out. You got to keep the the pest from devouring your crop. You have to do things in the natural. Um, so if people give and give and give and confess and confess and confess year after year, and they're not making progress 
or they're continually hurting financially, then there's something not right because the word works, uh, but like I said, many times it's during this uh, kind of what you would call the blade season. You sow a seed and, and eventually you see a little sprout come up above the ground and you get encouraged. Uh, the stop time, the, the stop time is where uh, it's not the full corn in the ear yet, but it's, it's part of the growing season, the stop time. And that's where many Christians give up and they say, well, I tried that faith stuff and it doesn't work. You know, and uh, it, the, the word didn't work for me and all these, these kinds of things. No, there's no problem with the word. There's a, just a problem with our understanding, with our understanding. So Proverbs 10, 4, and 5 says that we can't sleep through harvest time. So even though you've had plenty of rain, plenty of sunshine, uh, the crop is even produced 30, 60, or 100 fold. It will never get in the barn by itself. So, uh, you know, when, when you sense that it, it's harvest time, this is where we have to be led by the Holy Spirit and uh, say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do I need to go? You know, the Lord will give you directions. Go over here, look at this, go look at that. Go inquire about this, make a phone call. I'm sure you probably had some of that involved in maybe selling your, or buying or selling your properties and so forth. You know, uh, anything in the natural. There is some aspect of us having to uh, take a step forward, make inquiries, start looking around. Uh, Proverbs 10.4, the word slack, it says, uh, he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. Slack means characterized by lack of work or activity, slow or sluggish, having or showing laziness or negligence, decrease in quantity or intensity. But diligent means you, you get up and you get with it and you stay with it. Amen? As long as you need to, and as late as you need to, amen? So, so that's, that's when, it, when it's harvest time, it's time to be diligent. That's not the time to grow weary uh, and faint. So uh, in the case of the farmer, he sows the seed. God causes the seed to, to grow up, but the farmer has to put in the sickle. He has to harvest the crop. Mark, it's Mark 4.29. Let's turn there, Mark 4.29. I mean, you know, it would be nice if somebody just came and knocked on our door and handed us the keys to a house or something. And that can happen, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, it can happen, but that's not usually the way, you know, uh, God adds things to us. We usually have to take some steps on our own, you know, and we have to move out and uh, make inquiries and so forth, do some searches and things. In verse 26, 
He says, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. Well, the earth knows what to do, and the seed knows what to do. First the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle. Well, he is the farmer. He's not God. He is the farmer. The farmer puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So we praise God for the life that we've gotten in these things. Uh, While most of the church world is fussing over whether or not God wants us blessed or not blessed uh, or for you to have anything, many, you know, most of the church world is just fussing and debating over that. We've got beyond that hurdle. Amen? We're way beyond that hurdle. We know it's God's will for us to be blessed. He's given us all things richly to enjoy. I think that's 1 Timothy 6, I believe. Um, But we can't presume that we've arrived yet uh, in our understanding in this area. Even in faith and word circles, there's been practically zero teaching about harvesting and reaping. A lot of emphasis on sowing, but but, uh, we just haven't known much about this area. Hallelujah. So let's say, teach me, Lord, I want to know. Teach me, Lord, I want to know. I'm willing to change. I know so little compared to what you know. Thank you for teaching me. Let's turn uh, to Ecclesiastes 4. Oh, sorry, 11. Ecclesiastes 11. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. The uh, God's Word translation says... Whoever watches the wind will never plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will never harvest. Uh, This means that there are people that miss opportunities to sow because they think it's not a good time. And the devil will often tell you it's not a good time. (laughs) The devil will give us great assistance in that area. Uh, he'll say, well, you know, you, you need some new tires on the front of your car and, and you need this and, uh, you know, you could really use a new washing machine and he'll bring up all these things. What's that? That's looking at the wind. That's looking at the natural circumstances. Uh, you know, and so when, when we start looking at the wind in our natural circumstances and the devil tries to talk you out of missing an opportunity... To sow because uh, you're looking at the at the clouds. Uh, they're putting off prosperity until tomorrow. Uh, they're in no rush to get out of debt, and they just keep living from hand to mouth. But when you walk by faith, there are a lot of things you don't see, and you don't know how it's going to work. We just have to trust God. Amen. We just have to trust God. 
Obey the Lord promptly and quickly. Sow the way you want to reap. For a long, quite a long time now, for years, um, and I don't know, remember who I heard say this now, but when I heard him say it, I started doing it. Tithe off of what you want to make. Don't tithe off necessarily off of what you make. Tithe of what you desire to make. And I reached that place quite a long time ago just by tithing off of what I wanted to make. It's not a hard and fast rule. You don't have to do it. But I just, I just had a witness about it. So that's what I did. Praise God. And I can say it, it worked. Amen. But um, it's not a hard and fast rule. Um, hallelujah. Don't keep people waiting. <laughs> if you don't want to have to wait on other people, then don't keep other people waiting. If God prompts you, give that person 20 pounds. Uh, take this person something, you know. Uh, take them a bag of groceries or whatever. Just be prompt and do it. Don't start thinking and analyzing it and saying, well, they're doing all right. They don't need it or whatever. Well, God knows if God said do it, it doesn't make a difference if they need it or not. If God said do it, do it. Because when you have a need, somebody else may keep you waiting. <laughs> you know what I mean? So don't keep other people. Just be prompt and, and be led. Uh, just act and just trust God. Amen. When you get to looking at the wrong things, you'll miss the opportunity uh, to sow. You'll wait for a better time. When you have more and you finish paying this off, and when we've paid this off, we'll do more for the kingdom of God. Well, the devil will see to it that you constantly have something yes. going. So um, the problem with that is that the devil will see to it that you never get caught up. As soon as you get one thing paid off, another need will arise. He'll, he'll see to this. Uh, also, Jesus said, when you're faithful over little things, he, you will be made faithful over much, over bigger things. So if God can, can trust you in that, you know, 10 or 20, give that person 20 pounds, take them a bag of groceries. If he can trust you with something in the natural that looks insignificant, then he can begin to trust you with spiritual things that are much more uh, significant and of eternal value. And, and the people who criticize and mock us over, you know, they think we're obsessed with natural materialistic things, they're missing the point. The point is Jesus said if you are faithful in these little material things, then you can be trusted with the spiritual things. And that's the principle that those people do not understand. They're just dismissing all this natural world they say well that's just natural and worldly well it is but jesus said how we handle natural worldly things uh has to do with whether we're going to qualify to be given responsibility when it comes to more significant things hallelujah hallelujah so he that regards the clouds shall not reap uh, is it possible to get to looking at the wrong thing and not reap after you've sown? Yeah, well, verse, uh, this goes along with Galatians 9. 
that tells us reaping is not automatic. There are people who believe in sowing and reaping, but they don't believe in the hundredfold return. Uh, and primarily the main reason they don't believe in the hundredfold return is because they think they've never experienced it. They may have never experienced it, or they think, um, you know, they just think, well, that's never happened to me, so it must not be true. No. The, we, we, we don't go by feelings. We don't live by experiences. We don't live by other people's experiences. We live, live by the word. Uh, another reason they may not have experienced it is because they, they may just think, well, I'm waiting on God, and it's just all up to God whether I receive anything. Uh, so if, they don't, if, if, if they're Christians that don't believe in the hundredfold, then what fold do they believe in? Twofold, fivefold, no fold, <laughs> you know. I mean, Jesus talked about no fold, didn't he? Those three, those three, the thorny ground, the stony ground, and so forth, they got no fold. There's only one that received 30, 60, up to 100 fold. So I have experienced it myself. Most of you probably have at one time or another. You may not have even recognized it. Uh, it doesn't always come in the form of money. It can come in the form of favor and opportunity and things like that. So you may have received a hundredfold before and you, you weren't even aware of it. Um, but there are people that just believe it's up to God whether we receive tenfold or thirtyfold or a hundredfold. And this is, you know, the same people believe the same thing about uh Healing, you know, they think, well, it's 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 up to God, you know, whether I'm healed. It's up to God whether uh, I receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Uh, there are even entire denominations that believe it's up to God who's saved. You know, they just believe that God decides who's saved and who's not saved. No, not at all, not at all. Uh, we have we have. A free will. We have responsibility. Amen. We have God's word, and God created us with the ability to, to choose. Amen. We, we have the ability to choose, and he wants us to choose. He wants people to choose eternal life. Uh, we're not robots. He wants us. He, he wants us to receive him because we love him and his great love for us. Uh, Yet most of the church world believes that it's up to God what we have and what we don't have, but this is not true. We must sow by faith, we must wait by faith, and at the proper time, we reap by faith. Amen? Faith without corresponding action is dead. So you can see the deception of the en enemy in making God responsible for everything that happens to everybody, you know. That's just a, a deception. Yes. Um, people come up with carnal theological explanations why something happened or didn't happen, and most of the time they'll say it wasn't God's will or it's not God's timing uh, and so forth. So, God has ordained that some things are up to us. Amen? Hallelujah. And the one of those... the most important thing is making Jesus the Lord of our life. That's up to us. He has done his part. Amen. He has done his part. It, it, it is, 
you know, is anybody out there waiting for God to save them? No. No, God's done everything necessary to save every person on this planet. All they have to do now is make a decision. They have to hear. They have to hear. Somebody has to tell them. But uh, all they have to do is make a decision. Amen. God's done his part. Hallelujah. We must receive Jesus and confess him as Lord. We must receive our healing by faith. We must receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit uh, and the fullness of the Holy Spirit by faith. And we must sow and reap by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, God will deal with you. Go over there. Make this inquiry. Make that phone call. Yes. Do this. Do that. Amen. Uh, and this all has to do with hearing from God, being led by the Holy Spirit, being in the right place at the right time. I, in the last couple of weeks, I was believing for something, and I said, Lord, I will be in the right place at the right time, and, and uh, my spirit will lead me to the right place because I've been putting the word in. I hadn't been feeding my spirit with junk. Now, some people, um, you know, somebody has said, um, well, your born-again spirit would never mislead you. Well, that's true if you've been feeding it with spiritual food in the Word of God. But if your spirit's been feeding on the soap operas and the carnal, uh, worldly junk of this world, your spirit may be um, desensitized, you know, and you might, may not be able to hear from God even though he's leading you. You just may not be able to, to follow his leading. So this is a time for our hand to be diligent. When you do it, it will be supernaturally successful. It will be more successful than what you could have figured out on your own, amen, or, the, or going the world's way. You'll say, this is my harvest. This is a blessing of the Lord. Yes, God was involved. God was involved. Uh, this is a harvest from God. Look what came in and so forth. But we, we had to play some part in it. Amen? Sowing. Sowing. Uh, you know, things I'm believing for, I'm sowing toward them all the time. I'm sowing toward them. Um, because especially if you know in the future you're eventually going to have a need, start sowing now. Don't just wait till the need's there. I mean, God can do a miracle. But, uh, but just... When we sow regularly, then we have a regular harvest coming in. And, and uh, we don't kind of wind up in so many pressure situations. Uh, Ecclesiastes 11.4 in the New Century Version says, Those who wait for perfect weather will never plant seeds. Those who look at every cloud will never harvest crops. Uh, Jeremiah 5.24 Jeremiah 5.24, that's not too far over there, just a few pages to the right. Jeremiah 5.24. Neither say they in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God, that giveth rain 
both the former and the latter, in his season. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Young's literal translation says, the appointed weeks of harvest he keeps for us. The appointed weeks for harvest he keeps for us. What was that reference to? Uh, Jeremiah 5.24. So, sowing is for us to do and harvesting is for us to do. Amen? He's the one that causes a supernatural increase. He causes the 10 pounds to come back to you in 100 or whatever. That's God's part. We can't make that happen. Uh, Psalm 104.27. Psalm 104.27. These wait all upon thee that thou mayest give them their meat in due season that thou givest them thy gather, thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. Amen. Hallelujah. So we can't reap before due season. It says uh, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. So we can't reap before due season, but we have to discern when the due season is is imminent you know what I mean start moving start searching start making inquiries and so forth uh, God's responsibility is to produce the harvest but we have to gather it in uh, you know even the even in the wilderness God supernaturally provided manna for them it just supernaturally fell from the sky but they had to go out and gather it up it, it wasn't, God didn't just bring it in the tent, you know what I mean? Or the angels didn't just bring it in the tent. Part of the instructions was, you go out and you gather it. So part of their provision, even though it was miraculous, they had to get up and go gather it in. If they had just sat in the tent and said, well, if it's God's will, I guess he'll bring it in here, you know what I mean? No, God had to, they, they hit, part of their instruction was to go gather it up. Thou that givest them, they gather. Let's say this together. He gives, he we, gather. we gather. Amen. Then he goes on to say, Thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. The reason we have something together, together is because God has opened his hand to us. Amen. He's the source of all of our blessing, all of our provision, all of our increase. Without God, there is no harvest. And that's why the first tenth of every harvest belongs to the Lord. That's why he said the first tenth of all your increase belongs to me. And that's mine. The rest is yours. Amen. Hallelujah. The power of the blessing to multiply and increase. Hallelujah. So we're increasing our understanding in this area. We're going to come into new levels of abundance. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There must be a generation that excels in reaping. And like I said, if we don't know how to reap the little things, then we're going to have difficulty reaping 
more significant things. So this is just training ground, really. This, you know, people accuse us of being worldly, materialistic, and all that. No, we're just in kindergarten. <laughs> we're just uh, training for something more significant. Things that have eternal impact on people's lives and the kingdom of God. But Jesus said these material things and, and Luke 11, 11, if therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, or these worldly things that, that are of material value, um, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So this is, God uses this like as a training ground. What, how do you handle these little insignificant worldly things? So, so we're training for true riches, amen? So let's say this together. I'm a good sower. I'm a good sower. And I'm getting really good at reaping. And I'm getting really good at reaping. And I'm always in the right place at the right time. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. So, so you know, uh, watch for even the smallest little blessings, this, you know, at the checkout counter in the store or something, or the salesman says, here, have an extra whatever. Be, be grateful. Say, thank you, Lord. Just receive that as part of your harvest, part of a, your blessing. Uh, you know, people often miss the harvest because it's not dramatic and it's not kind of world-changing, you know. But... Uh, you know, we're, we just be thankful and grateful. Just say, thank you, Lord. Amen. That's the favor we of God. The biggest super, what supermarkets would you